0: This is the FBCG Live Podcast with Pastor John K. Jenkins, Sr. Today's message is entitled Home, Part 9, 11 Keys to Home. Families are called to serve the Lord. Pastor Jenkins shares 11 lessons that he has learned from raising a healthy family. Wherever you're joining us from, we pray this message encourages and empowers you in your daily walk with God.
1: All right, it's time to get in the Word and uh, I got to... Tell you tonight, today, this, this, this day, that I'm going to extend my home series one more week. Uh, tonight, today, I'm going to talk about home one more time. And uh, I'm hoping to get through all of these points that I have to talk to you about today. So if I'm able to get through them, it'll be uh, one more lesson. If not, it might take two. And I have to bring it to you because I had something else on my mind but in the middle of the night, the Lord woke me up and said, "Here's what I want you to talk to the people about." He said to me, with clarity, that uh, there's some things about family and about home that you didn't discuss that I want you to spend some time talking to them about. God gave me eleven things for families. As a matter of fact, that's why I want to talk about some lessons I've learned. If I could put any parameters on this, I would say that these are things that I've learned over. My 40 years of marriage, these are things I've learned over my 61 years of life. These are things that uh, I know would make a difference. And and some of these are things that I've practiced in my life. Uh, grateful for my six children, all of whom have graduated from high school and college, all of whom have jobs and careers or are working and taking care of themselves. I'm very grateful and excited that uh, they've all made commitments to the Lord Jesus. And I, I want to just tell you, share with you some of my lessons that I've learned. I want to talk, talk to parents with kids, and I want to talk to grandparents who have children who have kids. I want those grandparents to know uh, what are some things that you should be encouraging your children to do with their children. And uh, I want to I talk about it. This is the thing that the Lord has impressed upon my heart. Woke me up in the middle of the night and kept me up all night. And I just started writing. God just told me, tell them about this. And tell them this situation. And tell them when you made a mistake. So these, these are things I've done and didn't do. My plan today is to talk to you about some lessons I've learned. And some things I've done and some things I failed to do. To tell you some things if I had to do it all over again, here's what I would do differently. Eleven keys. If I had a title for this message, it would be 11 keys for home, 11 keys for building a healthy family, if I could tell you, 11 points. And so uh, I believe it's going to be helpful to somebody's life. Here's my verse. Here's the passage for today. Joshua, the book of Joshua, chapter 24 and verse 15. It's a it's a it's a familiar passage that is often has often been read. Uh, And it is, in fact, a significant passage in chapter 24. Joshua is speaking, and here's what he says. Let me read this to you. Verse 15 of Joshua, chapter 24. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but has for me and my house, but has for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that's what I wanna to highlight today. I wanna to highlight the fact that the family is called to serve God. And I've got these 11 keys, the 11 points, these 11 lessons I've learned that I think are significant and important. These 11 things that I I say that if a family wants to serve the Lord, these 11 things need to be in place. If you want to honor God, if you want God to honor your house and your family, take a look at these 11 things that God put on my heart. And it begins with number one, these are not in, in priority order, they're not in any particular order, but it does start off with number one, prioritizing family. That's my first point, prioritizing your family. Prioritize your family, make them at the top of the list. Don't make the wrong choice like I did. I made bad choices. I tried to be at every event and at every party, every gathering. But I soon learned, and I right now realize that nothing is more important than investing in your family. Because whatever whatever you're pursuing, whatever it is you're after, it's going to flee. It's going to go away. The famous. People are going to fade. Your career might not even be in existence. The job might not be there that you were so chasing after to be successful in. It might not even be there. Who will be there when it's all said and done is your family. And the choices you make about your family will make the determination of how and what happens in your future. So if I had to do it all all over again, I would make my family and my marriage a priority. So many people have made the mistake and they've lost their families. So many parents have lost relationships with their children because they were never, they weren't there. Their children weren't important to them. So many marriages have failed because one spouse wasn't there. I'm here to tell you in the eyes of God, from the perception of the almighty God, family should be at the top of the list. Your family should be number one. And I would tell you number, that's the very first thing I want to tell you. Make your family the top priority. Here's number two. I would say to you, pray together. Pray together as a family, as well as individually. I want to tell you today, pray together as a family, but also pray with your children and with your spouse individually. That's another very important thing, that coming together and crying out to God in a unified way. I, I, I cannot tell you how significant that is for the family to come together and pray. I cannot tell you how important it is for the children to see that the parents are looking to a power source that's greater and higher than them. I cannot tell you how important it is to pray individually with your children. When, when my children, uh, uh, I, I can recall now as I look back over my life, I remember Joshua, my oldest son, when he had to go away to school. Every morning, he had to catch the bus at 6 a.m. in the morning. But before he walked out of the house to go catch the bus, he would come over to my room and every morning we would pray. Every morning we would call out to the Lord. And I'm grateful for that because Joshua had a learning disability. And the doctors told us after testing him, he would never survive in a school environment because we had homeschooled him up until that point. But when he started going to school, they warned us. They said he would never survive. He would never make it. He would never succeed. And yet every morning, we prayed every morning, called out to the Lord every morning. And he not only succeeded, he had high grades and went on through high school and through college and did well. And I believe a great part of that is because he learned to pray and depend on Christ. I want to tell you, the family that prays together stays together. You take take the responsibility of beseeching the throne of God. The Bible tells us, to go boldly to the throne of grace. So when you're serving God, here's what that means. That means that we as a family are going to learn to begin to pray together. I ain't talking about just a little quick prayer over food for grace. I'm not talking about saying a little quick uh, uh, prayer at night. Now lay me down to sleep. Lord, I pray my, Lord, my soul to keep it. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to I ain't talking about that little prayer. I'm talking about joining hands and crying out to God and taking your needs and letting your children. Here's what's great. When you let your children know, here's what we are praying for. Here's what we need God to do. And then when they see God do it, when they see God answer that prayer, when they see God respond to what it is you're praying about, it's a phenomenal, powerful, amazing thing. So I want to challenge you today to Pray collectively as a family, but number two says also pray with each one individually. Here's number three. Number three is important too. It it talks about worshiping together, worship together. The family ought to worship together. Uh, I I wish I could tell you how important that was, even in the early lives of our children, uh, how we would talk about church Talk about the message. I would tell you to go worship together and when service is over, talk about church. Talk about the music that ministered to you. Talk about the message and how you're going to apply it to your life. Doesn't have to be an official gathering. Just casually talk about it. Talk about it in the car on the way home. Talk about it has in these uh, pandemic days uh, when service is over and and, uh, the online stream has gone off, Talk about what did that message say to you? How has it applied to you? What what is it in that message that you've that convicted you or encouraged you? These are the ways we show that we're serving God by putting a highlight on that family that worships together and prays together. That's how we prioritize. Here's number four. I call it family Bible study, that the family studies together every week as my children grew up in our home we set aside Thursday night as our family night and that family night involved us doing a lot of things. Sometimes we would go riding together or take the kids to some activity that we knew they enjoyed but it also included us talking about the scriptures. The Bible speaks about this over and over again. Matter of fact it teaches us and says and challenges us let me give you a couple of verses that highlights. As a matter of fact, both of these verses basically say the same thing. Deuteronomy six and seven, jot that down. Deuteronomy six and seven, and Deuteronomy eleven nineteen. It says this. They both say the same thing. It says, "You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up." It it highlights the fact that when you're sitting in your house, when you're walking by the way, when you're lying down and when you rise up, you're teaching your children the principles of God. Matter of fact, you're sharing with them the testimonies of what God did on your behalf. That's Bible study. That's that's the time to study together. You're studying the word, but you're also studying the works and acts of the God that we serve. He is, in fact, an amazing God. Read the stories of the Bible to them. Tell them how God worked miracles. Tell them how God delivered Daniel out of the lion's den, how he delivered Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego out of the fiery furnace. Tell them the stories. Preach to them, but also tell them the stories about how God delivered you out of your dramas and your circumstances. Because one thing I know about everybody watching this today especially every parent I know today, God has done something for you at some place in your life. At some point in your journey, God did something for you that you know that nobody could have done it. But God, the bank didn't do it. The lawyer didn't do it. Your mom and daddy didn't do it. Your boss didn't do it. uh, Your church didn't do it. The Lord Jesus did it. There are some things that have happened in your life that you know that only God could have made it happen share those stories and those testimonies with the God that we serve. He's an awesome and incredible God. And so I want to encourage you today. If I had to do it over again, I would. if I had to challenge you today to do something that we did in our household, that family Bible study, pick that one night of the week. That's your time to get in the Word. Doesn't, it doesn't have to be a long time. doesn't have to last two hours. doesn't have to last even an hour. It is just the point of Highlighting and getting into the Word of God. Maybe it might just read, uh, reading a scripture or two and telling the family what it means to you. It doesn't require you to be a Bible scholar. It's just the fact that you're putting the Word in front of your family. God honors that. Here's number five. It too falls in line with Deuteronomy six and seven and eleven nineteen. Eat at least one family meal together daily. I know this is a hard thing for our families to do because everybody's going in their own way, especially as your children become teenagers. But I think it's important that if I had anything to say to our families, that there ought to be a time where everybody puts their phone down and their iPad down and they turn the TV off and they come together and sit around the table and talk about what's going on in everyone's life as a family. I don't know how, I don't know how to highlight this enough. I don't know how to tell you how important it is that the family comes together and eat a meal together. It's significant and important. It's something that I believe, matter of fact, there are several places in scripture where the Bible talks about why you're eating, share this, share and talk together as a family. I want to encourage you to do that, make that, maybe it's breakfast, maybe it's lunch, maybe it's dinner, I don't know when it is, but, especially with small children, make it a family affair. It's needed as a family. Here's number six, and I would say to parents, here's number six, parents need to have a united front, parental united front. In other words, don't argue and disagree and debate in front of your children. Don't allow them to pit you you one against the other. Because, you know, kids learn how to do that without being taught. (laughs) They have figured out a way that mom is one side and daddy's on the other, and they will play one against the other. Or they will go to the one that they know agrees with them. And my encouragement to you today is, parents, when you have disagreements, y'all go into the room and shut the door. And wrestle out the deal. But when you come out and the smoke clears, be on the same page. Talk the same language. That's very important that you present a united front. You know why that's important? God loves unity. Over and over again. Psalm 133, I could call that out right off the top of my head. God loves unity. John 17, Jesus prayed that they'd all be as one. God loves unity. Acts chapter 2, when they all got together and they were on one accord, the Holy Ghost descended. God loves unity. When the children of Israel marched into the new tabernacle, when they built the tabernacle, when they built the temple, the Bible says the choir sang and they were all on one accord and the glory of God filled the tabernacle. If we want our families to have the favor and the blessings and the anointing of God, if we want God to command blessings upon us, we got to be unified. What destroys families today is disunity. Get on the same page. Talk the same talk. Agree on the same principles. Teach the same thing to your children. Don't allow the children to divide you. Be on the same page. A united front, that's number six. Parental united front. Here's number seven. matter of fact, number seven is encourage and support your children's interests and activities. Encourage their interests, support their activities. I find myself having to confess and being guilty of this, of failing to do this. I'm guilty as charged. I, I did well with some of my children, but not so well with others. And in retrospect, I regret. And I've had to go to some of my children and apologize to them. Oh, I, I was quick to go to the sports activities of my children, but not so quick to go to the activities of those whose, their interests and in activities were not sports related. My middle daughter, bless her heart, had to come and tell me, Daddy, you never came to my cheerleading activities. You never came to my cheerleading competitions. And I had to apologize to her because she was right. I went to the other, I went to the football games and the basketball games but I didn't go to her cheerleading activities. And I was wrong as I could be. And I repented to my precious daughter. And I would say to parents, make it your business to show an interest in all of their activities. It may not be something you're interested in. It may not even be anything that you like, but if it's something that they have an interest in, we build a healthy family and we help our families succeed and we help our children succeed by encouraging them and participating and supporting whatever their interests are. Can I tell you how important that is to do? Here's number eight. I want to talk about vac- vacation together, a family vacation, regular family vacation vacation. I'm, I'm very discouraged and concerned about families that never take vacation. Very concerned, especially about those involved in ministry, pastors. I know some of you pastors are watching me here today, and I think it's an insult to God that you don't take time out for family vacation. Why do I call it an insult? Do I have a scripture to back it up? Oh, yeah, I got examples. The Bible gives us stories that even, first of all, we can just go back to Genesis and see that after God created the heavens and the earth, he rested. He took a break. And if God is modeling that for us, and matter of fact, he tells us to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Not only should you have a day off, you ought to have a season, a time, a period of a vacation. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus uh, himself it says luke five sixteen says so he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Jesus got off by himself by himself, got off to a place where nobody even knew where he was. nobody even could find him on some occasions. he went off by himself and the scripture says when he went off by himself uh uh he prayed you need to have seasons of getting off and praying and going into places and replenishing yourself. God has never called anybody to work seven days a week or 12 months and 31 days uh, every month. That's not a call of God. That's not what God has called you to do. In Mark chapter six, verses 31 and 32, it says he said to them, Jesus is talking to his disciples in Mark 6:31, And he said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going and they did not even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in a boat by themselves. The disciples themselves model for us what God calls you to do with your family. It's an insult that you can't take your family out. That's a sin. It's wrong. Even the disciples with all of their efforts and all of their works and all of their diligence took some time out and rested. I don't know how to. tell you how important it is, but it is critically important. Somebody said, well, we don't have the money. Hey, you you don't have to spend a whole lot of money. You don't even have to uh, go anywhere. You can do it at home. You can go up the street, just take off time, take leave. That's the will of Almighty God, that you spend time with your family. And here's what I want to say about that too, that if I had to do it over again. I, I did this on a few occasions, but not enough occasions. Here's what's important, that especially when you have young kids. It's important to make fun memories with your children. And if I had to do it over again, I would have taken pictures upon pictures upon pictures. Of course, when I, my kids were young, we didn't have iPhones and Androids and Galaxies to be able to take pictures with. Uh, you had to have a Polaroid camera. Or you had to have a put the film in and then put the film in the store to be developed, but in this day and age, with with the technology the way it is, there's no excuse. It's right there in the palm of your hand, and I and I want to encourage you how important it is to create memories. Get on a roller coaster with your your kids. I know it's gonna scare the death out of you. Raise your hand. Let somebody take a picture of you. Go ahead. Get on the boat. Get, get on, get, do whatever you need to do to have fun, have fun with your children, create memories with your kids, make their childhood young, because how many of you know, make their childhood fun, because how many of you know, when they get grown up, life ain't going to be so much fun, but you want to make your children's growing up delightful. Take the vacation and do something. Here's number nine, and I know some of you may not agree with this, but here's what I've learned, and I believe it to be true. You don't have to agree with me. These are my beliefs and my convictions. You don't attempt to treat each child the same. Every child needs their own unique treatment. You don't treat them all the same. You got to learn to be sensitive to whatever your child's temperament is. Learn what your child's temperament is. Learn how they're wired, what gets them excited, what motivates them. It's important some some families think that they have to treat every child the same. Oh no you don't. What you do what you do need to do is treat them based on how they're wired, how God created them, what their strengths and weaknesses are. I had some children um I can tell them one time to do something and it would get done. There's others I had to threaten them with a with a belt. <laughs> I had to I had to treat them I couldn't treat them like I did the ones who I could tell one time. So you recognize what each child needs and give each child what they stand in and need of. Number 10. Here's another important thing that I think is very important. Every family member should be serving in some capacity at church. Every family member. See to it that you help them discover how they can serve in the family of God. And it does several things. When they learn to serve in the family of God, they learn that life is not all about them. That there's so much more important to them, things that's more important to them than themselves and their life. And that there are others whose lives are worse off than theirs. I believe it's critical and important that every family member discovers what their contribution is to the kingdom of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 15, I love this verse right here. Listen to this. 1 Corinthians 16, 15. I urge you, brethren, you know the household of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have devoted themselves to the ministry of the saints. I like the way the King James words this. It says that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the the saints. And notice it says this is what the whole household did. The whole household of Stephanus, that they have addicted themselves, King James says. I love that language of the King James. New King James says they devoted themselves to the ministry of the saints. It's what the family did. The family was committed to ministry. The family found their place. The family got involved in doing it. And I think it's important that you help your family get involved. I I look back over my children's lives and 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 I regret that there were times when they shown interest in certain things, but I was too busy to help them get to those activities. I remember my youngest son John Jr. when he was just a little kid used to love to come and sit around the table when we would host the preachers after service and we'd be sitting at the table eating and he, he, he would love to come and sit with the and listen to the conversations but, but I decided regretfully that hey this was adult talk and he didn't need to be there and so I didn't make room for him and I regret that if I had to do it all over again I would let him sit right there and stay right there and gain and glean as much as he could we weren't talking about anything wrong or unrighteous it was righteous talk talking about God and talking about ministry And I should have let him stay there as long as he wanted to sit there. I believe when they have those opportunities to hear those discussions, it fuels them to dream and to think about what possibly how God might use them in the service of his kingdom. So somehow, someway, your children each and your family, everybody in the family should find a place of how they can contribute to the household of God. Well, let me close this message with number 11, which I feel is probably the most important. They all are important, I feel. I've had to do them all over again, how I would do them different and what I would do different. But here's number 11 Speak a blessing over your children and never curses. Speak blessings over your children and never curses. Bless them. One of the things that the Jewish family would do with their children is speak a blessings on them. The father would lay his hands on those children and put a blessing on those children. And I'm telling you how important it is for you to speak a blessing over your children. Stop, Stop speaking defeat and frustration and a curse over them. That's the wrong thing to say and the wrong thing to do. Speak hope over them. Speak a promise over them. Speak life over them. Speak victory over them. Tell them that they are the head and not the tail. Tell them that they will be winners and not losers. Speak over your children and tell them that they will be great and mighty men and women of God. And that they will accomplish great things. Speak over them that God has a plan for their life. And that the Lord is going to use them for the sake of his glory and his kingdom. Speak over them hope and promises. Stop speaking negatively. Stop telling them they will never be anything because your daddy was never anything. Don't speak negative over your children. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Anybody would dare speak that kind of language over their children. You always speak over your children promises and hopes and blessings. I speak a blessing over you today, over everybody that's watching this broadcast. I speak a blessing over you, that the power and the might of Almighty God would cover you and give you the victory and give you his promises and make you more than conquerors through him that loved us. Now let me close this message about home. This is all about home, family. This is a, another edition. God woke me up in the middle of the night, three o'clock in the morning, and I woke up and he said, write these things down. You didn't tell them about this in that series. You didn't mention this. I want you to tell them about this. And I began to write down everything God brought to my mind and my heart. And I know it's for somebody. I know I didn't get up at three o'clock in the morning for no reason. I know he's speaking to somebody here today and it's my hope that you'll take it and apply it to your life. Please hear me as I talk to you today. Apply these things to your life. Maybe you haven't been doing them in the past but it's okay. God cares that you start wherever you are. Somebody might be a grandparent so maybe you fail with your children but you can start with your grandkids. You can start by speaking to your children about what they can do with their kids. Doesn't matter where you are in your spiritual walk. Maybe you're not at the greatest place or the most mature place. It's okay. Start wherever you are. It's not important where you are. The important thing is what direction are you traveling in? If you don't know the Lord Jesus, you can get to know him today. You can start today and say, you know what? I need Jesus in my life. And he'll come in your life. You cry out to him, he'll save you. He'll cleanse you. He'll wash you. He'll make you a brand new creation. He will wash your sins away and come and live in you and reside in your heart and make you one of his children. And so I pray today, I'm going to pray right now that you would give your heart to the Lord if you don't know him. If you don't have a church home, we'd love for you to be a member of the First Baptist Church of Leonard. Arden. I would love be and be honored to be your pastor. Or maybe you're not sure about your eternal salvation. You can call that number on the screen or write us in the email or hit the commit button. Do whatever you need to do that's right there on the bottom of the screen. We can help you Get to where God wants you to be, where Christ is calling you
0: to be. You've been listening to FBCG Live with Pastor John K. Jenkins, Sr. The choices you make in regards to your family will determine your future. Choose wisely. If you've been blessed by this message and you would like to help us reach more people through this ministry, please click the link in the podcast description or visit our website, fbcglennardin.org slash give to donate. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to tune in next week.